welcome to the Milestones, Motivation, and Money podcast, a weekly conversation filled with stories of business, financial literacy, careers, leadership, and resilience. Setting and achieving goals is key, whether they are related to your finances, business, or career. I hope to empower you with these conversations no matter where you are in life. I'm your host, Angel Radcliffe, and on this show, get ready to change your mindset and start your journey to achieve your lifelong goals. So if you need a little motivation to start your day or jumpstart your next project, tune in and be sure to join our community online at milestonesmotivationandmoney.com. Hey, 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 welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, we're talking about expert positioning. That's right, all the ins and outs of marketing and how you can position your brand and your business. We'll be joined by Nikki Nash, who is an author, motivational speaker, and the founder of Market Your Genius, a training and development company on a mission to equip entrepreneurs with the tools and resources they need to share and profit from their message. I'm really excited to have the conversation. I love this topic. One, because my forte is all about finances. So when we get an expert on the show who has a different background, it's always an amazing conversation. So let's go ahead and welcome Nikki to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you here and talk about marketing. So it's the top of the new year. And so many people have on their vision boards or their goal list to really ramp up their marketing or build their brand. So this will be a great topic. I can't wait to dive in. (laughs) How about you start off and give the audience some of the good stuff about you? Oh, wow. So I, guys, my name is Nikki Nash and I spent about a decade navigating the corporate ladder thinking that I wanted to be CMO of a fortune 100 company one day. And I was doing all of the things, right? I was working at big companies. I worked at Intel. I did my MBA internship at Coca-Cola. I worked at an ad agency on the Kraft Foods account. Like I was attaching myself to big brands and really understanding how they worked. And right about, I'd say like a year, year and a half before my 30th birthday, I was at Intel And I found out that not only was my aunt diagnosed with ovarian cancer, but that it ran in my family. And I had this moment where I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like I'm chasing this corporate ladder dream that I truly, if I dug deep, didn't want, but it just seemed like the thing to do. And I was living on the West coast. My entire family was on the East coast. I found out that, you know, ovarian cancer, my mom had the gene the BRCA2 gene mutation for ovarian cancer. And I had to get tested and my sister had to get tested. And long story short, I said, I don't want to spend the rest of my life in a cubicle. And I don't want to be, you know, chasing some corner office one day. I want to be more in control of my own destiny. So I took my knowledge of marketing and was like, I'm going to start my own business. And then I quit my job, gave myself six months before I told them, but I mentally quit my job, right? (laughs) Saved a bunch of money went to Mexico for a couple of weeks and then freaked out because I didn't know how I was going to make money (laughs) and ended up moving into tech startups, heading up marketing at tech startups for about a year and a half before I officially started my business. And today 
I have a company, we're called Market Your Genius, and I help expertpreneurs is what I like to call them, but people who have experience, expertise, and a skill really monetize their know-how, their personal brands in such a way that they're not only able to help others, they're also able to make more money than they did in their previous uh, kind of careers. And so that's what my team and I do, and it's been a blast ever since. Even though real talk, it's been a bit of a roller coaster in terms of like success. <laughs> I just want people to know entrepreneurship is that kind of a journey, but it's it's honestly something I would never um, turn back on. It's it's been amazing. Wow, such an interesting journey. And as you were speaking, I had flashbacks because my journey sounds very similar as far as you know. I left corporate America. I sort of had this epiphany and a year after my mom was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm not going to stay at a job I don't like, and I'm going to go do what I want to do. And I just like up and quit to fulfill some goals. And then I was like, wait a minute, how do I make money? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thing happened. Same thing. I was like, okay, I know I can do it, but wait, I need a cushion. I need more of a cushion. And so, and I went back to corporate and and now I'm doing both. And I love what I do in corporate prior. I worked in corporate finance and absolutely hated it. Absolutely hated it. And I was like, I do not want to keep doing something I don't enjoy. Like life is too short. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest lesson that I got. And, you know, I have friends who love their jobs. I'm like, that's amazing. Like if, when you find that job, that is so perfect for you, it makes the biggest difference, whether it's a job that is at a company, a job that you create for yourself inside of that company or outside of that company. So I love what you just shared and so aligned. So, so aligned. So when we talk about entrepreneurship and you talk about how you started your business, when did you first learn about entrepreneurship and what it takes to be an entrepreneur? Oh boy. In all honesty, I thought that entrepreneurship was something that you learned like in books or, you know, in school or something. And I was going to learn how to be an entrepreneur. And to be honest, I learned how to be an entrepreneur by being an entrepreneur. You know, I was head of marketing for a tech startup. And when I started that job, I took it because I told myself, oh, I'm going to do this first, learn how to become an entrepreneur. And then my business will be more successful when I start it. And the truth is, is that a lot of entrepreneurship is making decisions, figuring out what works and doesn't work, pivoting, adjusting, right? And that happens in real time. And so I would say that I heard about entrepreneurship probably at a young age when I used to try to like sell things, right? I'm like, I'm going to go sell this, whether it was on my own or for the Girl Scouts or for whatever, but, but I truly didn't understand what it meant to really kind of be able to sit down and analyze and look at what's happening within a business and make decisions until I was in that seat. Oh, wow. So, you know what the thing about entrepreneurship is it is constantly changing and things change with the day and you have to constantly learn how to pivot and change with times. And I, I, I can't stand when I have to revert things back to the beginning of the pandemic, but, but essentially so many businesses had to learn to pivot and how do you change as the economy is changing and as your target audience is changing and people who are purchasing your, your products or your services, but it's so interesting and it shakes things up. Yeah. I would say being an entrepreneur, you never have a day that is like the day before. It is never boring. That's for sure. (laughs) 
Oh man. So, you know, so many people want to learn how do they position themselves as an expert, whether it's in their business, their personal brand, or people who are in corporate America and trying to build this professional brand. So the last few years, that's been a buzzword, building your professional brand. And what does that mean? And how is it different from a personal brand? So in your opinion, how do you differentiate those two? You know, I think at the core, when you think about a brand, brand is what other people think of you, right? It's, it's what comes to mind when somebody hears your name, whether that's your name at work, it's your name as a business, but that's what a lot of branding is. It's trying to cultivate the, or the words or the feelings or the emotions that people have when they hear your name. And so when you're working inside of a company, what really helps you with upward mobility is what comes to mind when people hear your name, because when it's time for a promotion or things like that, you know, managers sit in a room and if your name comes up and people have this great feeling about promoting you, you're more likely to get promoted. If people don't know who the heck you are, you might have a challenge. And if people have a negative association, you'll also likely have a challenge. And so branding is so important not only for folks that are entrepreneurs and are trying to, you know, get clients and customers, but for folks that are in corporate and are looking for, you know, that next move internally or an increase in responsibilities or money or bonuses and things along those lines. That's a very good response. So everyone wants to be known for something. So if you're known for one thing, should that become your niche or let me rephrase. So is that an appropriate correlation is the things that you do in your career, your business, that's what you should be known for. You know, it's, it's a yes and a no, like it can be part of what you're known for. Right. And I always like to use actors as an example, because they're so public facing with their careers. And so, you know, in my book, I talk about Matthew McConaughey and for the longest time, Matthew McConaughey was associated with romantic comedies, right? It was like him and Kate Hudson. And it was like, you know, or Sandra Bullock. It's like, ooh, romantic comedies of the 90s, right? Or early 2000s. And then something shifted and it took, you know, time and effort, especially on his part. But he was able to transition to being known as somebody who did drama, right? And could be seen as what some would deem more of a serious actor, right? And when you're at work or when you're building a business, you want to get known for something just so that people know your name. Right. And so when I started my business, I was like, I don't want to be known as the person for content marketing. I had a real allergic reaction to it, but I had a mentor who was like, it's okay if people know you for content marketing, because then they know you. Right. And when you think of it that way, it's, yeah, you may not want to only be known as the finance person, But if you can get people to just know your name and to associate you with something, then you can start adding on to or shifting or adjusting what it is that you're known for, what they associate with your name, right? You know, it may be being known for one thing gets you in this door, right? Gets you a seat at the table. And then you can shift and adjust what that means, whether you're at a company or you're trying to get clients or things along those lines. It's like, oh, they may call me for content marketing, but as we talk, we realize that, oh, wow. And you can help me with, you know, expert positioning, or you can help me with, you know, client acquisition, or you can help me with, you know, business management and pricing and all of these other things. And so I often tell people to think about their niche as, Hey, I need to 
make myself known. And the more I try to be known for at the same time, the less of an impact I'm going to make. It's kind of like having, um, a magnifying glass and the sun, right? Like if the magnifying glass isn't there, the sun just beats on a piece of paper and it doesn't matter. But the second you put the magnifying glass between the paper and the sun, it drills a hole, it burns a hole. Right. And so you want your brand, your niche to be that magnifying glass where you can make a hole, you can make an impact, you can be known for something, and then you can, you know, adjust what you're known for. I love the way you just laid that out because I was sitting here and I was getting ready to ask the next question is how does someone establish their niche and you just laid it out perfectly. So if you're known for one thing and you may not necessarily want to be known for that thing, use that one thing you're known for to get your foot in the door. And then it's almost like, all right, I have access. And now I can really let people know other things I want to do because people are interested, at least in this one key thing that they know I'm, I'm really good at. I think that's what some people struggle with, especially with building a personal brand or building their professional brand. It's like, you're known for one thing, but now you want to pivot and do something else. And it's like, you don't want to start all the way from ground zero. So it's like, eh, let me just sort of go with the flow per se. And, you know, that's lovely. So for someone who's building up their personal brand, and let's say they have no idea where they should be starting. What are three actionable steps that you can give someone who's listening? Yeah. The very first thing that I would encourage somebody to do is get crystal clear on what they want to be known for. And more specifically, especially if you're um, a business owner, but this works also if, if you're in corporate or working for someone else is you want to think about like, what is the problem I want to be known for solving? Right. And for some people, you know, I've had clients who have had entire careers in finance and they wanted to become life coaches. I'm like, that's great. How in your financial career did you apply the lessons you want to teach people from life, life coaching? And what is the problem that you had that you resolved that you can help somebody else resolve? Right. So like you want to get crystal clear on what can I help somebody else with? Because, you know, when I worked at Intel, there was this saying, like, what have you done for me lately? Right. And it's, it's can feel so true in so many instances where people are like, what can you help me with? Right. Like, what is the problem that you can help someone solve? So that's the very first thing. Answer that question and get clear. And honestly, choose something that you can com- commit to for the next three to five years. Right. It may be the only thing you're known for for the next three to five years. It might be the main thing that you're known for for three to five years, but you have to choose something because you're, it takes a while to build momentum and, and really get your brand out there. So that's number one. The second thing that is super low hanging fruit is to start sharing content, like start teaching. And when I worked at Intel, one of the things that I did is I held monthly lunch and learns called getting social with Nikki, where I would teach a new social media platform to marketers internally. It was just like a lunch and learn. It was free. It was like, it was bring your lunch and come to the conference room. Right. And I did that internally to get known for digital and online and social media marketing internally. Right. And when I started my business, I just started going live on Facebook. I would just go live every week. I think I started off every day and then I moved to weekly. Right. But I would just teach something and people would watch it and they would keep associating me with that topic. So you have to first get clear on what you want that topic to be, what you want to be known for. Then you want to go out there and share content, have start an internal newsletter at your company or for your business, go live, do something. Right. And then the third thing that I would say is, and is to be consistent, 
right? Like, I don't want to give somebody another thing to do is the third thing, but the hardest part is honestly being consistent. So if you're going to share content every week, share content every week. If you're going to do a lunch and learn every month, do a lunch and learn every month. Maybe you have to adjust the date and the time on an off week, but if you keep doing it over and over and over again, it's just reinforcing what you're known for in people's minds. I love it. And so many people are probably like, Hmm, I should just start. So that also reminds me of when I was starting to build my personal brand, the live streaming helps. It's the best form of marketing that we have today is being on video. And so many people are scared to be on video or they're afraid of how they look, or even maybe the area that they're filming. I'm like, if you just go live, it can, it can be five minutes. As you mentioned, it can be something short. It doesn't have to be something long. If you just have a presence, it's, the people will come. Now, Nikki, I, I love everything you've been sharing so far. And I want to get more into your book. So you have a book, Market Your Genius. And I want you to tell us a little bit more about the book. Yeah. So one of the things that I kept getting asked from people, and, and this is another quick pro tip. If you're not sure what you want to be known for, sit down and ask yourself, what do people keep asking you about and keep asking you for help on? That's usually a good indicator, but I would be asked over and over again, you know, how did you build up your business? How did you get to, you know, certain milestones from a revenue perspective? What did you do? And I realized that there is so much noise out in the world. Like there are so many articles, videos, training programs that will teach you what somebody believes is the way for you to build, you know, a profitable online business, right? And then it could be like, here's how you get to six figures. Here's how you get to seven figures. And what I realized is that the things that a lot of people are taught are tactics that can work for a person's business. Absolutely. But I think people were missing the higher level strategy of what does it actually take and what does it actually look like to take your experiences and your expertise and turn it into a business that consistently generates revenue and can honestly survive anything. And so I wrote this book to really help people get clear on what is it that they want to be known for and figure out how they're going to get their first clients and then how to get consistent clients and then how to turn those clients into raving fans that tell everybody and their mother how amazing you are and then begets more clients, right? And so I really wrote this book to share my methodologies and my frameworks that have not only helped me, but have helped my clients get consistent results in their business. And I was reading a little bit more about the book and you talk about a marketing plan. And I know people listening may not understand exactly what a marketing plan is. From my aspect, when I'm working with uh, my clients or even speaking on social platforms or even this podcast, I talk about the importance of having a business plan and being an entrepreneur, you need so many different things. So tell us about what is a marketing plan and why you would need one. Yeah. And so the first thing I'd say is that so many people, when they're building their business are just doing things, hoping it will work to get clients. And it's a natural thing that happens. You're just like, ah, I want, I want clients. And so I'm going to do these marketing activities and I'm just going to, you know, post on social media and then maybe I'll start a podcast. And then maybe I'll try to be a guest in somebody else's podcast and I'll go live. And people are just doing all of the things. Right. And what happens often for people is they feel like they're doing so much and they're not necessarily getting the results 
back, right? Like they're like, how am I doing all of this stuff? And I don't have like a billion dollars by now. I feel like I've put in a billion dollars worth of effort, right? And so what I I teach in the book and, and, you know, I've taught it in workshops and I teach it to my clients and customers, but it's how do you sit down and come up with a marketing plan? And I'll talk about how to do that in a second that literally details, okay, these are the strategy, like this is our strategy, our game plan, our, our philosophy on how we're going to consistently attract clients and customers. And then here are the actionable things we're going to do. And then we're going to validate that plan, which is honestly the biggest part so that you know that it works specifically for your business. I think so often people are doing too much and not confirming that all of the efforts that they're putting out there are actually working and getting results. And so having a marketing plan is essentially having on a piece of paper, this is how we are going to bring in clients and customers. Here's how we're going to generate leads and have people hear about us and raise their hand and say, heck yeah, I want your help. And so that's, that's the main piece of what the plan is intended to do. And what I tell people is that a marketing plan doesn't need to be that complicated. And in fact, marketing is just like dating. Like if you have tried to get a partner or a mate or anything along those lines, then you know the steps for marketing, right? Because at the end of the day, you're just building relationships with people. You're finding your potential mate. You're getting to know them. You're exchanging contact information. You're dating and getting to know each other better. And then as Beyonce says, if you like it, then you better put a ring on it. And you're essentially saying, hey, you want to work with me? Yes or no. And that's like the process. And so if you just think through each step and say, this is what I'm going to do at each step, then you can have a, a pretty solid marketing plan. I want to get into more. So how does this differentiate from a business plan? Because when you're creating your business plan, there's an entire section on marketing where you're, you're actually walking through the market analysis and segmentation and pricing strategies. Now, how do those two differentiate or can someone use that data from their business plan when they're creating their marketing plan? So I wouldn't say that they're like completely separate entities. They're almost like, if you look at a Venn diagram, they likely overlap in a number of areas, but I look at the business plan as, okay, here is me going, I would like to start this venture. Let me look at the entire landscape of the industry I'm getting into and let me figure out what my market size is and if it's a viable idea and then how are we going to make money and, and all of that. And a big part of marketing is pricing and your, you know, brand, your market size and and things along those lines, the marketing plan specifically is once you're clear on, Hey, here's my business and here's what we're selling. You're going, all right, how do I connect the dots between what I'm selling and who I'm selling it to? How do I find these people? How do I make them aware of, of our brand of our business? How do I capture their attention? How do I get their contact information so that I can stay connected with them? How do I answer any questions or you know, tackle any disempowering thoughts that they may have about buying from us or not? And then how do I make an offer? And that's the offer piece is typically more sales, but, but that's essentially what marketing is. It's how do you find quality prospective leads and get them to a point where they are either booking a sales call with you landing on your sales page, landing on a checkout page, 
landing on um, a registration page for an event or a webinar that you're doing. And that's the big job of marketing. And your plan just details how you're going to do that. And the most important part is not just having how you're going to do it on a piece of paper, but implementing it over and over and over again so that you have optimized it in such a way that you know it will work. Like if somebody said tomorrow, go do, do something to get more clients, you know exactly what you need to do to get more clients because you have a plan that you've tested and validated and know that it's going to work. Amazing words. I love it. And so Nikki, I want to get into a question that I ask all of my guests as it relates to finance. Of course, with myself, I'm a financial educator and I love to hear other perspectives. So we're sitting here talking about personal brand, (laughs) personal branding, professional branding, and I've built both alongside my personal brand. I've built four or five other brands. One of those is Ballin' on a Budget. And it's a phrase that I've been using throughout the years as I teach financial literacy. When you hear the word ballin' on a budget, what comes to mind for you? Ballin' on a budget is, in my mind, I picture somebody that, you know, how do I want to describe it? It's like you're living your best life and the price tag isn't necessarily the same as what somebody would assume based off of the life you're living right? Like you may be going to Turks and Caicos, but you made sure that you, even if you're staying at a really nice hotel, maybe you got like a guilt group. I don't even know if they still do it like jet setter, like deal or something like that, or like, you know, used points or something cool where you're like, I may be balling or having my best life, but I'm doing it fiscally responsibly and maybe even saving some money along the way. Fiscally responsibly. I love it. As we're nearing the end of the show, I know we talked a lot about marketing and branding and positioning. What other advice would you like to leave with the audience today? The thing that I really want people to get, especially if, you know, when we started talking about being visible and sharing your message, whether you do lunch and learns internally, or you go live or you share content like that is the most important thing to realize is that you're sharing this content, you're adding value, you're sharing what you know to be of service to somebody else. And the natural thing for most people is that their brain will start going, oh my gosh, what if people hate it? Who am I to share this knowledge? Things along those lines. And I want you to know that one, you have gifts, talents, knowledge, experiences, and expertise that are of incredible value to somebody else. And so don't knock what you've got, right? Like you are a valuable human being that has something that is going to be incredibly valuable for somebody else. Right. And the second thing is most people, and I say this in like the spirit of love and laughs, like most people are too self-absorbed to be concerned with whether you look like Beyonce while you're doing these videos. Like some of my best videos, I'm literally just got home from the gym, had an idea. I felt like I shared it and I looked terrible and people are like, this was so helpful. And I'm like, thank goodness. You're not commenting about how I have on no makeup and I'm sweaty and look disgusting. Right. And so when you come from a place of, I want to be of service to other people, you will see tremendous growth and magic in your career, in your business. And all of the disempowering thoughts of what if people judge me aren't, aren't as important as the gifts and talents that you are sharing with other people. 
Thank you so much. And everyone who's listening, make sure you check out Nikki, check out her book, Market Your Genius and visit her online at NikkiNash.co. Any questions, make sure that you send those into the podcast, podcast at Milestones, Motivation and Money. And we'll see about bringing Nikki back for a live Q&A. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Be sure to leave us a review and let us know any ideas you have for a future show topic. And if you really want to show us some love, share this episode with a friend and be sure to join our community online, milestonesmotivationandmoney.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at milestonesmotivationandmoney. Tune in next time.